just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. The Ogden Music Festival is taking place May 31st through June 2nd at Fort Buenaventura in Ogden, Utah. The lineup includes Molly Tuttle and Golden Highway, Sarah Jaros, Hayes Carl, Salise, Say She She, Las Cafeteras, Pixie and the Partygrass Boys, and so much more. Other activities include on-site camping, workshops, and a jam camp with headlining artists, yoga, and a kids' zone. Kids 16 and under are free. Go to OFOAM.org to book your tickets. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. It feels like every day we see the wrecking ball swing on a familiar building or get word that a well-established local joint is up for sale. Change is hard, and it's important to take time to mourn, which is why today our entire CityCast Salt Lake team has gathered to hold a funeral service for the restaurants, buildings, and watering holes left in the construction dust. It's Thursday, February 22nd. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt I am here with the entire CityCast Salt Lake team. To my left is executive producer Emily Means. Across from me is producer Ivana Martinez. And to my right is newsletter editor Terina Ria. Hey, gang, let's waste absolutely no time because we are here to host a funeral for some of our favorite, maybe even least favorite places that have been lost to the construction dust. Emily Means, kick us off. Dearly beloved. (laughs) Really wasting no time. Today, we gather to honor tradition. Traditions for each of us, but also tradition the restaurant across from Liberty Park. Tradition just recently closed its doors, shocking us all. And the cause of its untimely demise still remains a mystery. Close for remodel? or close forever, only time will tell. For me, it took a while to come around to the magic of tradition. It's just meatloaf. Why should I pay $26 for meatloaf? (laughs) Overrated, overpriced. So I thought, but I kept coming back. And then it became the place I wanted to take people to impress them, but not scare them. The food was so familiar. Comfort food, yet elevated, and better than I or my mom could ever make it. There were signs the end was near. Canceling brunch, changing or taking some of their most beloved dishes off the menu. Here's what I'll miss the most. Meatloaf. Both (laughs) the loaf of meat and the gray cat named Meatloaf that lives next door. (gasps) That sexy cow portrait that greets you as you walk in. (laughs) And your legacy tradition will be your funeral potatoes. Mm -hmm. Cheesy, corn flaky, Mm. bacon jammy. Appointed. A perfect dish. 
Farewell tradition. Your menu will live on forever in our guts. Wow. wow. <laughs> do we have tissues? I do. I feel like I want to clap, but I'm supposed to cry. You better so be clap. crying. We have a you theater kid in our midst. I was about to say, I was like, Jesus, have you would, eulogized someone you before? Would, would any of you like to share a memory about tradition? This is not her first you Google game. <laughs> wow, Emily, that was incredibly special. I, I don't really have a lot of memories of tradition, except being really frustrated that they didn't have an espresso machine at brunch. <laughs> Did you ever go, Allie? Yeah, okay. I went there for brunch once and I remember being like, you have all of this, this beautiful interior, this incredible menu. I do agree, I'm normally not one for a potato at breakfast, but I loved them. But like, you don't have an espresso machine. I don't think I'll be back. Who do you think you are? Yeah, I, I tried to go for their chicken and pancakes one time, but then they had run out. Like, they were really famous for their chicken and pancakes, and then we went, because I was like, oh, I got to try these, and then they had run out. So they were they were so popular. Classic. Everyone loved them. Yeah. Um, but the classic funeral potato, so I will good. miss so much. Because there's really not a lot of places that do it, which is surprising for mm-hmm. Utah, you think? Mm-hmm. You think that it would be everywhere, but... It's hard to compete with someone's like mom's recipe. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like any sort of like family home tradition is going to be hard to compete with. Yeah, can't get better than mom's. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, the first place that I ever had funeral potatoes was tradition when we went for brunch, Emily. That was such Ivana, a Ivana. That's impossible. Memory. You're from Utah County. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had never had funeral potatoes before, and that was like my first, like Ugh. holy grail. And I remember sitting there. I think we went in the fall. It was beautiful. It was stunning. Your face absolutely lit up. The with bacon these jam. You were like, I think I'm in love. I really did. I I feel like I'm a very expressive person with food. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be coming back here. And you're like Meg Ryan. Ryan. (laughs) You're Meg Ryan. No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) Which is such a tragedy because I just moved in that neighborhood. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to bike there every day. I'm going to go there. It's going to be the place to be. And it's not. I'm sorry for your loss. Rest in peace. Okay, let's keep it moving. Ivana, please. Who are you here to eulogize? I'm here to eulogize Blue Plate Diner. Thank you for coming. Forever in our hearts. (laughs) I have to say, I've never eulogized anyone before, so this was like a new concept to me. Um, Thank God. Did you Google how to write a eulogy? Because I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> eulogy for dummies. Eulogy yeah. for dummies. I, I totally did. Um, so I had to Google it because I had never eulogized anyone before and I had like 10 minutes. So here's my shot at eulogizing the famous Blue Plate Diner. Home to the iconic vinyl blue boots, delicious milkshakes, and the breakfast of champions. Blue Plate Diner, you were a true homage to the classic dying Americana. <laughs> Ali and I are so moved. We need to hold hands. I think it's pronounced homage. I prefer homage. Homage. L'homage. This is a difficult time for her. Show some respect. Keep going. (laughs) Doing this live recording is really hard, guys. It's like succession. Oh my god, I'm loving it. It's so nice to not be alone in a closet. (laughs) I've just been there for a lot of years. It's quite lonely. Please. Um, Okay, here we go. Blue Plate Diner was a (laughs) 
was a true homage to the classic dying Americana mom and pop 1950s diners with your mid-century charm. You started off as a juice bar and carved your way greasily into our hearts for 20 years. Blue Plate, you were the place to catch up with friends from college over a hot cup of coffee and fries. Or, for me, a place of refuge to write the pages of my first novel <gasps> late into the evening. From your colorful yellow countertops to the many license plates that decorated your interior and the jukebox that mainly never played, you were deeply loved and most importantly, very missed. Wow. Beautiful. I, I liked the line greasily in our hearts because mm -hmm. just that heart plaque yeah. can't yeah. be replaced. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by the American Heart Association. <laughs> that was beautiful, Yvonne. Did you say the breakfast of champions? Yeah, I did. Can you elaborate on that? I mean, they had those like iconic potatoes, like the chunky potatoes. And like, I just remember like an eggs Benedict there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was always going to get a hash brown. Like, was it the most incredible breakfast you ever had? No. No, absolutely not. That's but not that's not point. why you went. You went to go get a $16 platter there mm -hmm. to be heartily filled, which is, I'm gonna, I got to say, like, it's hard to find a good breakfast that fills you up for what like reasonable inflation prices like what ranging around 20 bucks nowadays mm -hmm. for a platter yeah yeah Classic for the hangover. whole breakfast like with tax and a tip and a coffee. no i think it's coffee yeah i mean it was a great place to have a little you know catch up um so many of my high school friends were servers there mm. and also in college it would like became the place to be and it was a reason to go to Sugar House, I will say. So you won't find me there anytime soon nowadays, but. Yeah. Yeah. When you say carved greasily, I just picture Clark Griswold. When that scene when he puts the like grease <laughs> on the, what is it? On the, what are they, to the toboggan? And then he goes so fast down the snow and he's like, see ya. And it's like, and then it like lights on fire under him. That's what I was picturing. I was picturing that, like that yeah. carved greasily. Yeah. I oh, like Blue Plate yeah. Diner. I miss it. Breakfast of Champions. Yeah. And Blue yeah. Plate, let's, uh, for people who don't know, because people might not know, I mean, Blue Plate closed what, like almost five years ago, I think? 2021 mm. in May. Okay, well, that was a, an overestimate on my part. But, um, <laughs> It feels longer. What is it on like 2300? 21st. 21st and 21st? Is that Somewhere right? around there. And yeah. replaced by Market Rate Apartments, right? I, I have. Oh, been is there. that? I think so. I think Damn. so. That was a good spot. That was one of the first places I took a, a sibling of mine, you know, just, just kind of like. I'm the cool older sister, you know, I'm gonna take you to, to a, a special local haunt. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, was the food great? No, but the memory was. Aww. Yeah. It was a hipster establishment too. One of the things that I remember being told about Blue Plaint that I think is cool is that when they first opened and they wanted to get the word out, they gave away food for free. Yeah, they did. For like oh, a while really? mm -hmm. to like wow. get their name out there. Yeah. I think that's kind of great. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. 
Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. All right. Terina Ria, you're our newsletter editor. We just know you've written something moving. What are you going to serve up to <laughs> I us? I don't know if I can top you guys, actually. Do you know, I, I actually am also eulogi- eulogizing, is, is that a verb? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. A, um, a couple local food establishments that are long gone, um, but always near and dear, always keep close. Um, they, they made impacts in my formative years, um, and I'll never forget them. So pour one out to a friend. Frontier Pies. Do you guys remember (laughs) Frontier Pies at all? May it rest in peace. So it was, the decor there was very like Oregon Trail without the dysentery. <laughs> like each of the booths were covered wagons. You can pull up a picture I'm if you would like it right to now. see. Um, but I feel like for like a young Mormon girl going there was like very thrilling. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course they were known for their pies. It's in the name. But mm-hmm. uh, me and my family loved the complimentary cornbread and honey butter that you would get with every meal. Oh um, and so good times were had at Frontier Pies. Um, mm. Wholesome good family memories there. What's, um, what was your favorite pie? I'm I'm a cherry pie kind of gal. Oh, Classic. interesting. Yeah. I love underreported, cherry pie. but delicious. I think. Yeah, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of R.I.P. today. <laughs> yeah. Um, but another one that I loved and I celebrate the legacy of is the Beehive Tea Room. Uh, they closed like about a decade ago and they were on 3rd West or 3rd South. And it was, it, it made me feel like a real city girl being mm-hmm. like a Salt Lake Valley suburbanite. Mm-hmm. I would come to the Salt Lake, big city. Yeah. And it would just make me feel so, so cool, especially, again, being raised Mormon. I felt like such a badass, like going to a tea room and like ordering tea and like <laughs> drinking tea, even though it's not it's not actually a bad thing. But um, it was like 
Parisian vibes in there. It was really moody and the wait stuff was like slightly aloof, which I appreciate. We talk a lot about like third spaces and every time we do, I always think about the Beehive Tea Room and I and I miss it and I, and I wish um, I could go back. It was just so charming and they served scones and like berries and cream. <laughs> and um, so yeah, RIP. Could you dress up? It. To the BFT room? Yeah, because yeah. we had a tea room in my hometown. You could, they had like a rack with gloves uh-huh. and hats and stuff, and you could like Cute. borrow them and put on. Did they have that? I don't think they had that, but oh. they should have. When did these places close? I didn't go to either of them. I think it closed in 2013, and it was open for like a decade. Oh, so wow. yeah, I would wow. I would go there in my like late teens, like early 20s, when I would have like Salt Lake City days. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, a Salt yeah. Lake City day. Except yeah. yeah, I would go to the Old Navy at the Gateway, which also the Old Navy. <laughs> <laughs> that one clo- When did that one close? The Lord only knows. Old Navy. Lord only knows. <laughs> Thank oh you for my sharing, gosh. Yeah, thank you. That's beautiful. We love beautiful. food. That's very City Cast Salt Lake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pouring one out for the food. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like we should cheers now. It's hard. That's, yeah. uh, that's our bag. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people listening who have crossed paths with you at the Beehive Tea Probably. Room. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, maybe if, if you were a wait staff there <laughs> and you served me, I, I loved it. I loved that they, that you just were unbothered and um, couldn't care. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but <laughs> it was the, are you saying it was the 2013 version of one AirPod in? Exactly. <laughs> when you say 2013, I can just like imagine like a bunch of like Tumblr kids working yeah. there and being like, mm, exactly. Gotta go to my job at the tea room. <laughs> Gotta make the cucumber yeah. sandwiches. God. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to close us out with our final eulogy today, which I am excited to tell you all is to the Carl's Jr. that used to be downtown. And um, I hope that together we can embrace this legacy and also maybe learn a little something. Carl's Jr. on State Street and Second South was born TKTK. Like any Utah, he had more than a thousand siblings. I never knew his father. Though he is often remembered as a relic, Carl's Jr. on State Street was always ahead of his time and staked his reputation on a wry sense of humor. Never forget his famous burger campaign, if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face. As Carl's days grew numbered, Salt Lakers began to examine his legacy, primarily as a pretty okay parking spot downtown in the early 2000s. But I will always remember Carl's Jr. for his generosity. On a cold or rainy night, his booths teemed with teenage lovers, unsheltered Salt Lakers, bartenders, and late shift laborers. Carl provided one of the few places to sit in warmth, find a hot midnight meal, or go to the bathroom downtown. He gave a lot and never charged too much. From Carl's grave now rises the Astra Tower, where jazz rookies and local millionaires will clink glasses on the 39th floor and walk their dogs around a seventh floor private park In the spirit of Carl's ubiquity, may they one day know the hurried delight of a Western bacon cheeseburger. Thank you. Wow. Wow, Slow claps. Wow. Snaps. Snaps. Snaps to that. Wow. Wow. That was really. You really captured his essence. (laughs) I am deeply moved. Wow. I don't think. 
Is he still alive? <laughs> Carl? He's with us now. He's in this room. He's in many, room. In many forms. <laughs> we have a Ouija board. Oh my god. I did god. learn something that I couldn't figure out how to sneak in here, which was that Carl's Jr. Chains were the first quick service restaurant to introduce the salad bar wow. in the late seventies. Really? Which I think is fascinating. Why would anyone eat a salad from a salad bar at a Carl's Jr.? The 70s were a different time, I feel like. Well, first of all, why would anyone eat anything that was being served in the 70s? Like, that (laughs) food looks horrible. The ambrosia salad. It's all about casseroles, baby. Listen, I did eat at that Carl's Jr.'s downtown once. What did I eat? Couldn't tell you, but it was probably after a night of... Dancing at Bourbon House, also R.I.P. Also R.I.P. Soon to be resurrected. They're currently pursuing a bar license mm-hmm. to resurrect that place, but it might have been the biscuits and gravy. I feel like they were they did a popular breakfast. Could have been. I gotta tell you, Allie, when you brought up the Carl's Jr., a little part of me just like really like <laughs> tears started dripping down my eyes because as a commuter for so many years, mm. like I cannot tell you like that Carl's Jr. was like for me just like a a landmark here in Salt Lake City. I was like familiarizing myself with the roads and would occasionally go through their drive-thru and order myself a breakfast burger on my way drive. A breakfast burger. I know. You still live to tell the tale. Hey, they, Mr. Carl, he kept... (laughs) (laughs) No, this is Carl Jr. Jr. Mr. Carl was his father. Apologies, apologies. <laughs> but God, did I love those burgers? And they were they were so good. And like now, you know, when I go through that drive through again, no, but maybe for me memory's sake I would. Yeah. Mm. No, you're actually not allowed on the premises anymore because, as Allie noted, that's the millionaire's playground now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is glass and stone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do want to ask you all, though, before we get out of here, um, any lessons here? Anything you learned diving into these old haunts? You know, this was a pretty silly exercise for us, um, which it was so fun to memorialize these yeah, I places guess you memorialize with you. something that isn't even quite dead yet, necessarily. Yeah, TBD, TBD. But <laughs> in hospice. Hospice. it's in hospice. I, you know, as, as uh, lighthearted as this was supposed to be, I think that these places, when they're gone, really leave a hole in their communities. And, of course, we've seen huge changes in yeah. our beautiful city, some for the better, some for the worse, but uh, change in any direction is hard, and that's my takeaway. Yeah, I think it also says a lot about how like food is so central to like the Salt Lake City experience, like because mm. all of us talked about different food places and our and our memories there from like when we were young to to recently. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that says a lot because like, you know we get a bad rap of like <laughs> in the newsletter by <laughs> putting that we were voted the second least um, friendly sit like visitor friendly city for the NBA Mm. um, because of our like lack of entertainment options and things like that and so I will say you know while there's not like a lot of like entertainment wise like I feel like the restaurants and the food like that is such a staple for us to go out on a late night and go to a diner go go to Arepas and like you know get get late night food um so are you suggesting that if Charles Barkley could have gone to Carl's Jr. on State Street, he would not have called this a boring ass yeah. city? I'm talking to you, Barkley. <laughs> that one's for you, Chuck. Oh my God. Um, I, 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think I've been thinking a lot about the way that this city is constantly changing. And I think driving around these streets and, like, seeing these landmarks that we used to associate with, like, tender memories or, like, late nights, it it feels a little bit surreal of how quickly it's all happening because it feels like these things are, don't happen overnight, but sometimes they feel that way when you're not really looking. And so I think there's something to be said about how we create space for new places as we mourn the old ones and how we come together as a community and and really make these places special by the way that we interact with them. Yeah, I like that point. And I think something I've learned just listening to this conversation is like, it is pretty easy for something to become a staple quite quickly. Like we're talking about mm-hmm. tradition, which wasn't around very long. When I think about a restaurant I couldn't live without, I think about the Pearl, which is not even like two yeah. years old. Um, I also think memory is a really funny thing. Like when I sat down to write about Carl's Jr., I was like, wow, I'm really ready to like just pile it on for this Carl's Jr. Like write <laughs> the sappiest possible thing. And then I went on like Reddit to see what people were saying about Carl's Jr during its prime like you know like what were we saying in 2000 and like four or five whatever online about this place and people were just like god what a shit stack like you know it's so cool we take it for granted right so i think there's like memory is also a funny thing but we as humans just recover so quickly in our collective memory it's almost jarring yeah on that note uh let's get out of here should we all pour a little proverbial dirt on these graves and move on. Cheers to it. (laughs) Pour one out. Pour one out for our faves. Pour one out for our faves. Thank you all for being here and uh, get back to work. (laughs) (laughs) That's my line. Okay, Allie. We don't get bereavement. Dear listener, if you feel inspired by this silly exercise to write a eulogy to one of your favorite Salt Lake locations or traditions, it doesn't have to be food related. Please do not hold back. Email it over to us at saltlake at citycast.fm. We just might read it aloud on the show or publish it in our newsletter. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. 